Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Dismantling You podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Pineda. In episode eight of the Dismantling You podcast, I'm talking with Tony and Olivier award-winning producer Nick Demas about what it takes to be a successful yoga teacher and creative entrepreneur. He has been teaching yoga, pranayama, breathwork, meditation, and creativity for over a decade. Nick coaches soul-centered entrepreneurs, business strategies, and how to authentically utilize stories to leverage their personal brands. He is the host of the Creative Soulpreneur podcast. To find out more about Nick, visit his website at thenickdemus.com. So before we get started, if you are new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes release and don't forget to leave a review. The more reviews and shares that we get, the more people we can reach and you never know when an episode can impact someone's life. Stay tuned now for my conversation with Nick Demas. I'm so excited to have you join me here today, Nick. And of course, I'll have your intro in my preamble. But I want to let our audience know that we met about a decade ago at Sonic Yoga. So it's great to see you again and have you join me on my podcast today. I have so many questions that I'd like to ask you. So I'm just going to dive right in, Nick. You're a Tony Award-winning producer, filmmaker, writer, You've been inspiring people through your producing, filmmaking, writing, and teaching yoga. Tell us what was the catalyst for you to lead the spiritual path and how did it carve out the path for where you're at today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And and it's good to see you after 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, I think that I was always a spiritual seeker from as as young as I can remember. In fact, my mother says that when I was five years old, four years old, we lived in Houston and I used to want to go to church. We didn't go to church. That's not something that my family did, but we went to, I would go to church with the neighbors because I was, even at that young of an age, I was already seeking. And by my teens, I was sort of in the new age, spiritual movement. And I found yoga through the gym. I was at the gym, looking in, peering in through the window. And I saw people doing this that looked sort of dance-like and I had this dance background and it just drew me in. And I felt like, oh, I found a home. I found a space that felt really resonant and right to me in terms of not only the physicality, but also the way in which it connected to everything. So you have this amazing gift of storytelling. You are able to combine your creative background, your decades of knowledge, yoga knowledge, and weave this compelling story while you teach. What can you suggest for someone who's just starting out teaching yoga? Yeah, I think when you're first starting teaching out, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're just trying to remember everything, right? You're trying to remember, like, what are these new words? Because you're, you're learning Sanskrit and you have a whole new language and the alignment. And I say, go slow, you know, learn one thing at a time. If you try to pack everything in all at once, you feel completely overwhelmed. So take, take the time. First, you everyone is safe in the room. 
right? Take care of your people. And then begin to bring in the, the, the Sanskrit, begin to bring in more of the philosophy. And then once you're there, then you can start bringing yourself into the room, which I think is really, really important as a, as a leader, as the guide, that people know who they're following, that they trust, they trust you, they get to know you, and they get to like you. Uh, and at the same time, while you begin telling stories, while you begin bringing yourself into the room, remember that it's the reason that you're doing that is to connect it back to them, to connect it back to uh, their journey within your class. Yeah, and especially in a world where we're create uh, we're craving more connection than ever before. So storytelling is so important. Uh, and it's a great tool and people want to hear your story. So where do you draw the line? Um, how much storytelling would you suggest? Yeah, if, if you haven't completely processed it, don't bring it into the room, right? The, 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 the room is not, the yoga room is not your therapy session. That, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I, we don't want your therapy. But if you come to the other side of the story, if there's a transformation, because what are we really offering people? We're offering them a transformation. And if you can weave that transformation in a way that's in alignment with what you're teaching, then people are going to have a deeper experience because of it. They're going to be able to connect not only to you, but to themselves and to uh, yoga to what it is that you're offering. And that line, you know, it's funny because what is too much for one person is not for another. So really it's about you knowing and trusting within yourself, not only what you are willing to share, but also where that line really should be. Sure. So you offer so much, um, and not just to the uh, yoga community, but also for the creative entrepreneur. Uh, tell us how teaching yoga, pranayama, and meditation um, gives you that edge as an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. So personally I mean, it, and professionally. I, it, personally, it, you know, I have a sadhana, a morning practice that I have had for over a decade. And I think that it offers me the stability, this grounding force. And in a world as an entrepreneur, you have these high, high highs and these low, low lows, and it constantly feels like you're on this roller coaster ride. And the practices offer this safe home, this big hug every morning that uh, really helps me stay in a place of stability even amongst the ever-changing environment. And then translating that into business, it, when I, because I, I see a lot in entrepreneurs, just the fear and the doubt and, and the practices literally lighten you up, enlightenment, they lighten you up. And so it, it offers you this sense of humor. It offers you a way of looking at the world that's, that's from a bigger and more holistic picture. And then in my teaching, it, it's infused in every single thing I teach. So yes, you may be coming to me as a creative entrepreneur and I uh, teach a lot of creative entrepreneurs as well as spiritual entrepreneurs. And no matter if you're coming to me for uh, a storytelling course 
or a, a business coaching, guess what? We're practicing pranayama. Because I, again, it's this holistic view. And when you infuse the practices into your daily life and into your business, that's when things really begin to open up for you. Just as I'm sure you know, being a yoga practitioner, teacher, that look at the expansion that's happened in your life because of it. Yeah, you explore your passions with such a sense of play and curiosity, almost like that child's mindset, which I love. I think that's so beautiful. And it reminds us about our infinite potential. And we don't have to like climb on some mountaintop and go and meditate. Um, <laughs> did you always know that at a young age that success was not in a linear form? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you know, when I first started out, I, I wanted to be a Broadway dancer and I wanted to work on Broadway. And then that happened. And then you know, at, uh, before I was 40, um, I produced a show on Broadway that won the Tony Award. And I had this moment of, I remember it very distinctly. I was at the Tony Awards and there's a picture, a CBS still of this moment. Uh, when, the, when it was announced, the show was announced that it was the winner, they, they, they had this capture of me and my face is not the joy and not the excitement that it should have been. And I remember the moment very clearly because in that moment, I remember thinking, this is it, this, this is how this happens. Oh, wow, this isn't what I expected. This isn't the feeling I have. And that was a real, real watershed moment for me because it was this moment of, oh, you have to dig deeper and how you're going to serve the world for the rest of your life is not what you thought it was going to be. And that linear path that you were talking about suddenly opened up and branched off into many, many different directions. And thankfully, I already had a yoga practice. So I was okay with what was going, what was happening to me in that moment. But I also began to dig deeper and, and, and study and uh, dive into the practices much further uh, to help me understand that it didn't need to be linear, that I could have many branches and many arms happening all at once. And that led me into filmmaking and into writing. And it led me into creating this, these courses that I now um, offer that I, that is truly like this great new passion that I didn't expect. I did, that's not what I expected. I expected to be a Broadway director, producer my entire career and life. So it's been a great gift, the nonlinear path. Yeah, good for you. So you've been able to reach the pinnacle of success quickly and you were able to like explore other opportunities while building upon creative endeavors. Um, so tell us what goes on behind the scenes and give some advice to those who don't reach the success so fast. Yeah, behind the scenes is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, uh, but I think the, what I would most say is learn to trust your instinct. Learn to trust that intuitive voice that's within you, because that's really what led to my success very early, is that while I, I, um, while I was working very hard behind the scenes, it's not all about that. That's a part of it. Yes, you have to show up and do the work, but a part of it was just knowing 
in, intuitively in myself, which way to go, which way to turn. Should I turn left or right right now? And just trusting and going with that. And that's truly what led to that early success. And then when I got there, it was like, okay, now what? <laughs> and, and that really then, then turned into even a deeper study of that. So really that's what I would say is learn to trust that because that voice doesn't, does not let you down. And it's when you get into your head and the other, those loud voices, you know, the ones <laughs> I call them my, my, my Mr. Inner Critics. When my <laughs> Mr. Inner Critics come out and they start uh, telling me everything that's wrong or not going to work, that's when I realize, oh, okay, Mr. Inner Critic, hi, I see you. I see you up there. Let's come sit down, but let's, let's tune in and, and listen to the deeper voice. Exactly. Feel all the feels. Yeah. So Totally. Yeah. And also, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail. You see dozens of projects fall by the wayside, but you know what? That carves out the path on where you're truly meant to be. I mean, we'd love to talk about the successes, right? And, and yes, I've had some amazing successes, but also along the path, there were more failures than there were successes. We just don't talk about them, right? People don't want to hear about all those shows that failed that I worked on or the app that I was, I had an app that was supposed to come out, huge failure, you know, I mean, and and that's part of, and, and I really don't see them as failures though. That's another, that's another thing. I think it's really important that you, yes, you can say that was a failure because we want the people to understand that it's not all success. That's not all light and love and unicorns and unicorns and rainbows. There is, there are darker moments, darker moments to the soul. Um, but I always looked at those failures as my next greatest opportunity, that what I could learn from that failure propelled me to the great successes. And I think that that's really, that is truly, uh, talk about, uh, if, I, if, there's, if there's one advice that I would give somebody, thank you for bringing this up, there's one advice I would give to somebody is reframe those quote unquote failures and turn them into your greatest opportunities because that is where the, that's where the juice, that's where the nectar is, that's where the sweetness is in those moments. Perfect. I love the way how you explain that so beautifully. So for those, you know, since the pandemic, there are a lot of teachers that I've seen who have been able to shift online and some of them have actually done nothing and just taken time off or maybe just, you know, went out and get and got another certification upon certification, which is excellent. I think that builds upon your skills, but, you know, it's really important for them to know, you know, how to be a little bit tech savvy and, you know, get some business online, especially to thrive in today's world. Can you, you know, give us a little bit of insight into this? Yeah, I uh, moved online before COVID, several years before COVID. So, uh, and the barrier of entry, I think, is is coming lower and lower and lower. It's getting easier because you know, a few years ago when I started, we're like, what's Zoom? What are you talking about? You want me to meet you where? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I right. thought Zoom was a kids' TV show in the '70s and '80s. You know, I mean, it was uh, it was more difficult. But as time has gone on. 
the barrier of entry is lower. So people are willing. And now after COVID, people, it's just part of our existence now. So there's really not a choice anymore. It's now no longer a choice, particularly for yoga teachers in this time. So if you want to continue to serve people in the way that you know that you can, the way that you know that within this deepest part of your soul that you, that you have a calling to do. And as yoga teachers, we have callings. We have a calling to be here. We have a calling to do it. It's, it's our birthright. Then this is the way to do it currently. And so I say, hop on, hop on make mistakes, let it be messy. Let me tell you, when I first started, <laughs> it was before anyone knew how to do it. So I was really messy because it was brand new, you know, and- You were fearless because you still jumped on. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was, I, I like to take risks in my life. I think that's another pattern in my life of being willing to take risks. Um, I think that's important and, for me now, not every everyone's risk aversion is at a sort of a, a different a different scale and a different level. But I love to take risks. I think it's exciting. I think it's an adventure, and I'm willing to fail, because I honestly believe that we are more afraid of success than we are of failure. And when we put ourselves out there, we're gonna fail, and it's okay because everyone does. Right. It's okay, and that would be what I would say: get up and fail. Get up and fail, quote unquote, Love it. you know, which then is your lesson, which will lead you to be a better teacher and to be able to serve better because these are then stories that you can share. You can share these stories. I mean, the first time I went and did a webinar, which is, you know, a, uh, like an hour workshop, I, I pressed all the wrong buttons. I shut everyone off. I, ha I had to, I, I had to quickly get on my, my, my computer and email everyone saying, oh no, here's a new link, you know, I went from having 45 people in my workshop to two people, you know, I mean, it was an absolute failure, but I learned a lot from that, that moment that A, I'm resilient, B, I can do this, C, I'm going to make it happen. You know, I mean, there was so much to learn about the tech, but you only learn by doing. And in the action that you take, you gain this beautiful knowledge and clarity that will lead you to your path and and most importantly remember that you're here to serve and that if you don't if you don't come online right now how how can you reach the people that that need that need you they need you now more than ever do we need yoga in our lives absolutely so you offer your signature program online uh and uh, membership program tell us about that yeah, so uh, my signature program is a, a course called Real Stories That Sell. Uh, and ultimately, it's for the spiritual entrepreneur. We have this long history and that the word for the word sell is in the title purposely because we have this long history of feeling like it's wrong for us to take money, right? There's this, this uh, and same with creatives. I mean, it's, it's it from both of my worlds, really, but that and, and that's that it's really this energy exchange. That's yes. what I mean. I mean by 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 sell, by sell this uh, energy ex exchange. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah, that was part of my whole issue when I first started out teaching. I had like money blocks around that, but mm -hmm. I put that aside, and now things are flowing the way I want them to. It's because of this 
you know, they, they were, we're supposed to be renunciate up in the mountain, like you were saying, in a cave, you know, sharing our sharing the wisdom. And that's not the reality of life. And now the way in which we exchange, it was never for free. There were all there was always an exchange. And I want people to remember that there was always an exchange. They used to work, used to go and work for your teacher, live with them, work with them, right, for them. And now the exchange is through through money. You know, it's it truly is an energetic exchange. So that's why sell is in the title. And I think it's really important that it is. But the other part of it is real stories. And what I mean by real is authentic stories of the self that you can share with your audience to attract them into your community, into your vibe, into uh, your your world, so you can serve them at the highest possible level. And and it, it looks different for everyone what that means, right? But that's ultimately what it's about. It's about getting out of your own way, stepping forward, telling your stories because we have so much fear around it. We have so much fear around it. Exactly. Even I did. Here I am this like, I was a, a, a dancer and an actor and a producer. And, and when I went to tell my stories, I clammed up. I clammed up because I wasn't telling somebody else's. I was not acting. I didn't have these words in front of me. I had to be honest and real from my space. And so from that experience, I created this framework and a way to really work uh, through that. Sure. So how has COVID-19 impacted your business? Oh my gosh, it's doubled it. <laughs> Good for you. Bravo. I love hearing you know, I'm. I, I'm one of the success stories of COVID, and you know it feels very strange to say that. You know, I no, think part of it was I, I was well, I was well positioned in that I'd already been in the online space for a bit of time, and consequently, when it hit, it was the right timing. And what I have to offer is something that that, like we said, people really need right now. They need us. They need leaders. They need you to step up and be the leader that you are meant to be in this moment, because wow, we got a lot going on in the world. <laughs> we certainly do. Yes. So shifting gears, give our listeners a little insight about how you start your days and what's your self-care routine like these days? Yeah. So uh, my sadhana really is, uh, I, I, I practice a bit of asana, the same postures from the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Uh, and then I uh, practice some pranayam and a little meditation and a writing. I do flow writing where I sit and write uh, like a writing written meditation because I find for me as a storyteller, there's juice and gold in there. You know, when I sit after, after all of those practices um, and it really is something that is integral to my life. It's, it's, it's a habit. It's no longer, am I gonna do it? It's move out of the way, I gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> move out of the way, friends. Uh, you know, it, and I I get to. It's really a, it, it's something that's dramatically shifted and changed my life. Uh, the consistency of it and the commitment to it um, has truly opened me and um, profoundly affected my art and how I walk in this world. And I'm, I'm just such an advocate of a sadhana. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Can't go a day without it. So can you share with us some of the projects you're working on now? Sure. Yeah, so I have two uh, 
documentaries that are in production. One is called Invisible, which is a, a I put for the course of three years uh, with fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain syndrome. And it's, it's a holistic look at the healthcare system, what works and what doesn't for people with fibromyalgia that are their sufferers. And my mother has fibromyalgia, which is why I wanted to um, wanted to direct this film. And I eventually end up in the film. So it ended up becoming a narrative film uh, told from my perspective. Uh, and we are in post-production for that. In fact, I'm meeting with my graphics, uh, my GFX person right after this, the animation right after our, our session here. So I'm really excited about it. We're getting very, very close to it being completed and it'll be out in 2021. And, and, uh, and then a second project called The Body Electric, which is a uh, film about body image, specifically in the LGBTQIA++ uh, community. Uh, and that oddly started as a narrative project uh, uh, that I was going to be the uh, the main character in it and that we were going to tell my story of my body image um, issues. Um, and so now I have two projects that I'm actually in, which is very strange and was not planned, but we're in edit for that first edit for that film. And I'm quite hopeful that it will be completed by the end of 2021 as well. So two films next year that will be released is what it's looking like. Sounds amazing. Uh, so tell us what is the impact you would like to leave this world with? Yeah, 108 million stories. 108 million stories told. The idea being that obviously I can't tell all 108 million stories. However, I mean, maybe I can. I shouldn't say can't. Life is infinite. You never know, right? But, but the ripple effect of a story that I tell then like when you throw a rock on, a, on the pond and it, and it jumps and you see the ripple out that, that expands out. And the idea that when I tell a story that connects to somebody and then they hear it and that affects them and then they go off and affect somebody else by telling their story and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. So beautiful, perfect. I'm gonna leave it at that. And where can we find you? So uh, my website is thenickdemas.com and I'm on Instagram. You can always DM me there and on Facebook where I do Facebook lives every week at thenickdemas. And uh, I have a podcast as well called The Creative Soulpreneur. And of course, we'll have all of this in the show notes. Thank you so much for just being here and inspiring the world with your creative vision and storytelling, Nick. Whenever I want uh, creative inspiration and juice, I just watch everything you do. So I so much appreciate this conversation. Thanks again, Nick, for joining. Thank you for having me. This conversation brought small shifts in your mindset that can make a difference. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Dismantling You podcast so you will be notified of our new episodes when they release. Also, don't forget to leave a review. If you think it may help someone, please share this podcast with your friends and family so we can change more lives. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Lisa Pineda. Till next time, here's to dismantling you.